Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by Robert D. Felice to talk about WWE Friday Night SmackDown on a Saturday morning. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Colin, because, you know, we're on Saturdays now because there's a show called Rampage, and it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Christian Cage, Impact Champion. Shout out to him, man. Yeah, you know, it was a good show, and you know, that's why, as you said, that's why we're here on Saturdays now. Um, you know, I love wrestling being the last thing you see when you go to bed and being the first thing to talk about when you get up. You know, it's run all wrestling all the time, and it's a, it's a good way to be. Then, you know, here we are to talk about it. And before we do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone is available on any number of streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So, you know, Robert, I joked about it on Twitter last night, but... You know, I could spend a whole hour just breaking down this opening segment with Roman Reigns and John Cena. This was perhaps somewhat overdue because this was really the first face-to-face interaction beyond Reigns kind of just turning down Cena's challenge. This was the first time that, you know, since they uh, officially announced the match that these two guys were were in there together. So Cena came out, uh, you know, to the ring to start the show. Made some dick jokes, uh, gave gave Reigns a report card grade for of a D because he's, he's a D head and a disappointment. Uh, you know, John Cena pretty good at this whole babyface thing. I thought it was fun. Um, and, like, it was just fun because the, the segment, it started kind of low and a little silly. And then it just got it amped up real quick because uh, when Reigns came down, he threw out a line about Nikki Bella not being satisfied with the mi- missionary position. Um Boy, and then and then John Cena fired right back. He said that uh, Reigns uh, ran Dean Ambrose out of WWE, and he re- he blatantly referenced Sam Punk's victory at Mind of Night 2011. Definitely, just a lot to dig into here, Robert. What do you think? Uh, first of all, I think the promo is great, right? I think obviously, when you have two guys like that who are good at what they do and compelling at what they do, it's a lot of fun. But I'll say this. I don't think the John Cena Nikki Bella digs are necessary. Now, no. I, I said the same thing. I believe you were on the uh, post WrestleMania rest friends with me, where I said it was about Nikki, where it's like if you're not if you don't want that for Nikki, don't do it for John. And I think they do it too much for both, and I understand why. But John ate his ass up because he right came right back with. Okay, you referenced a breakup I had. You referenced the same things everybody else does. But here's the thing. You've been protected. You you were protected by the shield. You nearly ruined Seth Rollins, which is almost a better line than the you ran Dean Ambrose at WWE. Because, you know, that, that line is shocking because it's the first time Ambrose has been mentioned in the two years since he's left. Right. But the you almost ruined Rollins was an interesting line as well. Uh, I like the reference to CM Punk. I like that John Cena can get away with that, you know. I I didn't like the idea that he was saying I can get my ass kicked by you. Yeah, and I just hang in there for one, two, three. Because like you're John Cena, you should literally be saying I can walk in there, AA you in five seconds, and leave because I'm a bigger star than you, you know. Yeah, but. A very fun, very intense segment to start off the show. And I don't know why they didn't do this before. I love Finn Balor, but that was such an unnecessary step in a match that was so clearly cut. John Cena, Roman Reigns, WWE title 
SummerSlam. Because here's an interesting tidbit about Cena. He hasn't worked a major pay-per-view singles match since working Roman Reigns at the 2017 No Mercy. Now, really? yes, he's fought The Undertaker, but it was a two-minute squash, and they didn't announce it till day of. And he fought uh, Triple H at Greatest Royal Rumble, but that was a Legends match on a Saudi show. He hasn't worked like a major storyline match since fighting Reigns nearly four years ago. So, yeah, this is... A big-time thing for fans to get to see Cena. Uh, I think Roman is going to kick some ass. This did more to get me hyped for SummerSlam than anything across both programs since Money in the Bank. I would agree, at least, you know, maybe in terms of the specific content or the things we really saw. You know, we saw... Uh, of course, when, when Cena came back and challenged Roman and kind of made it clear that that's where we were going, I got, I got very excited. But this is, I would agree, maybe the first time we really had something really specific to dig into. Um, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, I, I've seen some people being a little critical of, you know, these kind of jab, reality-based jabs kind of being a little gratuitous where, you know, just throwing out the Dean Ambrose line and, and then Nikki Bella uh, insult on, on Roman's end is kind of, Almost just for shock value, but I, th- I thought it worked. You know, Roman doing that is a, is a dick move uh, as a character, and Cena, you know, that's what he does. Like when he really turns it on like that, you know, that he 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 like you said, Robert, he 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 can get away with that. So to me, that adds more, I guess, legitimacy to the story and, and really framing it like that because that's the fans know that, right? The fans know Cena's there. Not not explicitly because Roman's quote unquote you know not working because I, that does strike me as a little weird because Roman's doing something he's been doing incredible work and part of the problem of the story is that Roman is working Roman is doing a great job right now whereas that wasn't always the case so seeing him coming in being like oh you know WWE has been pushing you and it's not working like no it, it is working now so maybe you know they, they that's not ideal but you know I so, I, so, I think for the last decade we've had an issue where wwe is literally like oh we'll just continue going back to the well of we are not as good as we used to be and that'll be enough right and they did it with like when punk cut the pipe bomb it started this era of oh, we're just going to be real. Because then when you're real, that's when people go, oh, and it, and it still works. But, you know, with each passing year, it's like, shit, is this how you have to get people's attention? Do you have to make jabs like when Nikki Bella didn't like 20 years of missionary? And do you bring Dean Ambrose at WWE? Instead of just being like, Yo, you think you're the man, and I'm going to kick your ass, and that's the match. Like, do you have to get real to sell the show? And to your point, does it have to be literally what Rock did to Cena 10 years ago, where it's like, how the hell are you failing when you have all of this behind you? Because that's literally all it is, is. The old guy comes back and goes, my era had more viewers, more fans, and then you're just like, you're pointing out the issues in the company. And yes, in the moment, 
that works very well because you're just like, ah, oh, this is compelling television. As soon as you pull it out of the moment, you're like, oh my God, I think they just acknowledged that they suck. And then it's yeah. like, where do you go from there? Because in five, 10 years, it'll be, let's say, Carmelo Hayes, just throw out a name from NXT, and Roman Reigns will come back and say, this company's only doing 750,000 viewers. When I was here, we were doing a million. It's like, well, well wait a minute. Hold on. Are, are we just going backwards? It's like, are we just going backwards? Yeah, it's definitely food for thought, right? I mean, like I said, it is. it does strike me as a little weird The Cena would kind of frame that as kind of the entire reason he's back, you know, that the Reigns isn't working. Uh when he is that when he is when he has been successful recently uh but i guess that does beg the question that several people in the comments are asking you know do you think there's any chance cena could win at SummerSlam? we got um, gavin coombs was asking that another comment uh saying that um i think i think cena could win if he does and they did acknowledge this isn't just old guy comes back to you know criticize the, the the current generation or anything you know cena they did frame uh, include last night that part of the motivation here is also Cena is chasing that that record 17th world championship. Um, so I, I, I'm glad it's kind of that two-pronged motive where it's like... So oh. he, had, he had said that in a throwaway line when yeah. he came back on Raw, right? He had said, you know, I could sit here and talk to you about SummerSlam. I could sit here and talk to you about a historic 17th world title. But really, I'm coming back because Roman Reigns is an asshole. Yeah. Now, I I like this. Fun fact that nobody else is watching but me. Because I'm, I'm weird like this. Goldberg and Cena are like in a race to become the first person to hold the WWE, the Universal and the World Heavyweight Championships. And I don't think either one gets it at SummerSlam. I do think John has a chance. Because there's always a chance with John. Especially knowing that he's working Madison Square Garden. And you can build MSG around John Cena defends the title against Roman Reigns. Live on SmackDown, watch the show. You can build the show that way. You can yeah. build the show on John Cena defends the title against Finn Balor. Watch the show. John Cena defends the title against Brock Lesnar. Where is Brock Lesnar? I'm sure he's got to be on the way back. But, you know, so I do think there's a chance with John. Is it worth halting the momentum of Roman Reigns, even if it's briefly so, to do it? Now, I, it's a double-edged sword for me because I'm also a fan of the idea of beginning to use the belt like a prop again. Because as much as people want to criticize, you know, the, how a hot potato booking works, hey, you're always watching because you never know who's going to win the title and when. Right. That's true. I, I don't think it'd be worth it in the sense that, yeah, I, th I think it would be uh, detrimental to Reigns, even, as you said, if it's a very short-term thing, if it's seeing it gets a, a one-month reign. I mean, that, that would definitely kind of derail Reigns there. Uh, but, you know, sometimes in the way that the, the math adds up, you think about that Madison Square Garden show, I saw some, some you know, of the, the narrative last night wondering, you know, could WWE give rain, uh, give Cena that record-breaking reign kind of as a as a way to spite Ric Flair, just to make to, to make sure that the record is ah, no longer, you know, because we, we know this company can be petty. We know that. We know that. I didn't even think about that. You're you know? absolutely right. They are in a situation right now where it would maybe benefit them 
to be a little petty. I didn't even think about that. And this would be this would be one of those rare cases where that pettiness, you know, that that it wouldn't. You, I think you, you could get away with it, exactly. Even though, like, yes. somebody will point out exactly what you just did and say, "Well, well, what the hell? They're just doing this because Ric Flair." But it's also John Cena, right? So it is. He deserves it. I don't care what you say. John Cena's the man. He can easily say, I earned 17 world titles in WWE. Because, like, let's be clear, Ric Flair, he's probably one of the most WWE titles anyway, because Ric Flair, a lot of that carries over from WCW. But in terms of actually winning it in WWE, you know, Ric Flair won a lot of his titles in WCW, and of course then WWE purchased WCW. But for someone that, you know, enjoyed the success firmly under the WWE umbrella presently, you know, John Cena, I think, gets that. You know, maybe that 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 you know th- that distinction. You know, so I think that there definitely is a difference there. Um, Nestor Curse, you know, with pulling in some love for John Cena here, saying Cena winning to, to beat the record makes sense, um, and at the same time you're beating Reigns. But to me, you know, even if it's you know again a one month reign, or that's almost even worse, you know, because I really do think that would kind of derail Roman Reigns. Where you know, what does he do if he loses, and what does that say about him? You know, from a you know kind of casual perspective in terms of like if Cena wins then everything he said last night is is true in a way right because like in a you know in a quote-unquote reality sense you know if he wins that that shows the company doesn't fully believe in Reigns or whatever you want to say like to me that that would be pretty problematic right but at the same time we've seen the company do this if you look at like Punk a lot of times, I think people merge in their heads Money in the Bank and the 434-day title reign. There's like Correct. three months of bullshit in the middle of that that kind of gets washed away because the moments themselves were good enough. Now, there's I a think, lot of bad. There's a lot I of bad I think you can do that here because like nobody... Did anybody really remember that Punk lost to... Miz and our truth at Vengeance 2011. I do, but again, I like this is my life, so it's a little more uh, <laughs> different for me. You know, I, I think you could get away with it. That being said, I do think Cena gets choked out at SummerSlam and Roman Reigns keeps the belt. I hope so. I do want to acknowledge this before I just put a bow on it. Don Skag saying that Cena's not in the same league as Flair. I'm not even comparing. I'm literally looking at the numbers and the, the title reign. Say so Ric Flair, greatest of all time, incredible WCW career. John Cena, incredible WWE career. I'm saying and for I, the- I think it's it's literally apples to orange. It's like it's yes. not even the same comparison. Ric Flair was the perfect wrestler for his era the last traveling end of year world champion did all that beautifully john cena i will say the more time elapses the more i'll go for a long running wwe top star he's gotta be the best because he's had the longevity of san martino with the you know level of popularity of hogan with some of the elements of rock and Austin as well. Right. So I, I'm not trying to compare or say that uh, by any means to say Cena's better. I'm literally just saying that, you know, Cena, uh, if look at the, the title reign record, like, that he won all, you know, his, all of his titles in WWE 
presently, whereas Ric Flair enjoyed a lot of that success, you know, in WCW and elsewhere. Then that the, that that you know history. Ric Flair won of, the WWE title twice. Yeah, he won two championships in WWE. That's all I'm saying. So uh, to put to put a bow on it, I'm very glad Sam's back in WWE. I thought this segment was great for me. It's guilty pleasure whenever they you know throw out these you know reality based things. It, for me, it works. Maybe someday I'll, I'll get tired of it because it is a little tropey or, or typical or whatever. But you know, for me, it worked last night when you've got two of the best in the game, or maybe the two best in the game. Going at a back and forth like that, there's nothing better. I enjoy it a lot, and it definitely did hype me up more for SummerSlam. We're talking about titles here. We got a title change last night, and I kind of thought we would. I the, when the match was announced and and the beginning of the match, it was King uh, King Nakamura challenging Paul Cruz for the IC title. I was like, hey, a title change will be fun, and we got one. You know, Paul Cruz won the title at WrestleMania. The rain. It's now it's August now. That was back in April. The rain hasn't been great. Uh, he's he's had Commander Aziz, and, and he's been you know enjoying this this streak of success on SmackDown here. But as we usually see with these mid card titles, got a fresh coat of paint with this new gimmick. He got Commander Commander Aziz. He's been featured prominently, but it's not. It's definitely not been the kind of reign that's I, gonna. I think the phrase "he was featured prominently." Might be a bit of a stretch. He well, was, I say I said prominently. He was a part of the show, right? It's not like he, was he a had a event. belt, like. He's gonna go down as one of those reigns of like he had the belt, and this is not a knock on Apollo. This was very evident from minute one when it was like, okay, they put the belt on him after seven times of trying. Yeah, cool. He has the belt. Now what? And we saw now what he fought Biggie endlessly. Never had he ever have a title defense. Outside of Big E. Kevin Owens, right? I thought he... Uh... he oh, he did the Fatal 4-Way. Yes, he did yeah. the Fatal 4-Way. Where, like Black, where Alistair Black uh, did a thing that I'm no so longer about that, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing how much the the tone has shifted since WrestleMania alone. Mm. But, yeah, he had to lose. I yeah. do think it should have been Cesaro. But yeah. even they've cooled off on him. So Nakamura is a great champ. Nakamura is a great shout. I think something cool like a best of five with Cesaro would be fun. That'd be fantastic. And they're former tag team partners. There's history there. I think that'd if be great. If you want to do it, you turn Cesaro heel and you go, I have a serious wrestler and you got this Rick Boog guy. Like I think <laughs> there's there's stories there you can tell. But this belt needs to be featured prominently. You know? Like, I want to see the IC title kind of gain some of its glory. Yeah. Absolutely. For me, every time we see, uh, you know, a title change like this, I there's half of me hopes like, oh, you know, maybe now they'll they'll do better. They'll they'll feature it more. They'll they'll give it a real feud. They'll they'll treat it seriously and get that prestige back. Uh, and then I thought, I kind of thought that when Apollo won the title of WrestleMania, and then as I said a minute ago, didn't really happen. Um, he, but here, I mean, at least here, you know, it it makes sense, right? Nakamura has been. Uh, on a good run recently, he he won or he took uh, uh, Baron Corbin's crown. He's he's you know he's got Rick Books. He's been as a, as I said about Apollo, uh, kind of featured prominently. It, it makes sense in that perspective. Um, there have options. There are plenty of talented guys on the SmackDown roster that could uh, that could feud with him. That could help, as you said, Robert, kind of get some of that prestige and importance back in the, in the in the 
right here today, like to, to kind of to elevate the title again. Nakamura's a good wrestler. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um, but then part of me does, you know, there's that flip side of like, not not just sound jaded, but it's like over and over again. You see, okay, title chains uh, in, the, in the moment. It's fun. It's great. And then a week later, two weeks later, they're like barely even on the show where they're, you know, they're getting pinned in tag team matches and it's over and over again. So I can hope things will be better. Gavin Coombs is an interesting idea saying maybe we'll get, this is the way to Adam Cole. Maybe Adam Cole will challenge their title uh, kind of right when he debuts and win it. You know, maybe even at SummerSlam. I don't know about that. Uh, Adam Cole's future is definitely up in the air at this point. Um, but, I mean, there would be worse ways to, 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 to be Look, on the main roster. I, I ain't saying anything or until I see it. Adam Cole has kind of become one of many hot free agents. I the only thing I can definitively say I want for Adam Cole is whether it's the main roster of WWE or AEW, it's time to move on from NXT. Yeah, especially right now, unfortunately, because he is a a pillar of the brand. But NXT does feel like a bit of a I don't want to say sinking ship. That's too harsh, but it feels like it's definitely hit some turbulence in on its flight. You yeah. know, yeah. So I do want him out of NXT, but we will see. I do like the idea of him on the main roster. I also like the idea of him in AEW. I guess it's all gonna have to depend. Yeah, if it's it's hard to call at this point. Still got about, well, I guess not the week from today <laughs> at SummerSlam, and Cole's contract expires SummerSlam weekend. So presumably we will know shortly thereafter uh, what the future does hold for Adam Cole. Uh, we're talking about Nakamura and uh, Paul Cruz here. I like this comment from Gavin Coombs, wondering uh, maybe we see uh, we we did see Baron Corbin steal the Money in the Bank briefcase last night, uh, but then rather than challenging potentially for a world title, maybe he'll want some revenge and cash in on Nakamura to get the title and the crown back. You know, we did see well, as much as possessions nine tenths of the law. I don't believe he's actually the holder of the briefcase. Well, Robert, pump the brakes. All right, we saw this company gave John Cena a title shot after he signed a contract that didn't have his name on it, and then they went, you know what? I see two signatures. It that that tracks for me, and then they made it official. So do I, not... I do hope they reference that actually. That <laughs> if he tries, and they say no, he's just like, well, John Cena could do it. Is, logic is, is often like not the the driving force in what we see here all right no, so that not, they could they could easily easily just say hey you're holding the briefcase you got it pal there you go i how, like that how idea how pissed off would that be for biggie fans like <laughs> oh, well, it's just aaron corbin's down well for me you know that that's a perfect segue because for biggie won the case at Money in the Bank. Great moment. Exciting. Hey, great. Biggie's finally getting his moment. The guy's done next to nothing since then. That was basically a month ago. He's had a couple backstage segments with Paul Heyman kind of laughing at him, you know, playing the seed that he'll, he's watched in Roman Reigns. He's got his eye on him. And that's it. Last night, all Biggie did before he got his Money in the Bank briefcase stolen, he was holding up like a, a whiteboard while what Bianca Baylor was like was writing on it or something like like I feel like Biggie somehow has regressed to sorry pal creative that's nothing for you even though he won money in the bank even though he's been or he's as we said we've been saying for months he's got all it takes to be the next top guy 
He's not doing anything right now. He had the briefcase. Now Baron Corbin stole it, making, I mean, definitely leading some to believe that they could have a match with SummerSlam. But that's no. got to so, be a little. Here's the thing it's the regular, like, go to for the Money in the Bank guy where they either just lose every match they're on or they do next to nothing because they go, You're our get out of jail free guy. You're the guy that will go to in December when we have nothing else going on. And that's why the money in the bank holder usually does next to nothing. But it's, I do agree. He does need something to do. I love the concept in theory of the man who needs money (laughs) has just (laughs) stolen money in the bank. Yeah. I I just think that that's funny. Um, That was fun. I wonder if we ever get to happy Corbin. Or if that's going to be one of those trademarks that they just use and do nothing with. Unless it's going to be one of those, like, how Biggie drew the uh, Sami Zayn shirt. If he just draws a happy Corbin. And it's like, okay, cool, that's merchandise. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think that myself. You know, of course, when they filed the happy Corbin trademark, everybody, myself included, thought, okay, obviously they're going to change Corbin's name to happy Corbin. And we, for weeks now, we've been saying, I don't know how they get there because that's, that's kind of a weird name. But, you know, maybe something as simple as that with, with Biggie, it's kind of making fun of him and making it a shirt or whatever. I could see that. Um, at this point, you know, bef- I should say before Corbin stole the briefcase, I was really starting to think Biggie might not even have a match on the SummerSlam card. Uh, but now th- this could be a pretty quick and easy way to set something up. And I feel like for SummerSlam, and as a, to kind of counter what I was just saying, usually if you don't have something in creative, you know, it, sometimes it's better to be left off the show. For me, Biggie right now, he needs to be on the show. He needs a, a win on pay-per-view. He needs to kind of, you know, get back on track here, which is silly because he just won money in the bank. But, you know, having not done anything for weeks – um, he needs something, and, and this, you know, be, beating some karma and in, into Corbin, I guess. I mean, that's something. Um, as, as I should note that Corbin, uh, before he sold the case, he was out there. They said it was Corbin's kind of his Corbin's last stand, Corbin's last chance to to beg for money. He asked everyone in, in the arena for a thousand dollars, and Kevin Owens came down and said, you know, you're, you're being a, you're being a jerk. You know, Drew McIntyre kind of listened to you on Monday, but then even when that, you've been out here begging for weeks. So uh, they set up a match that actually made a whole ton of sense, and I liked it. He said, "Hey, I'll face you in a match. If I if you win, I'll give you a thousand dollars. That's what he was asking for. But if I win, you have to stop begging for money. Like logical booking. It makes sense. I like it. And then uh, Owens did win. It was actually a pretty competitive match. I liked it. Uh, and then. I wasn't sure where they'd go from there because if, if Corbin couldn't beg for money anymore, which has been his whole shtick for weeks now, I uh, wasn't really sure how to advance. What, how does he advance? As, as you said, Robert, he steals uh, the, the money in the bank briefcase because he needs money. Again, genius. Uh, clever. I like it. Um, so I, I feel like that's where we're going. Biggie wins the SummerSlam. Nothing much more to it. Uh, but it is definitely disappointing that they haven't done much more of them at this point, you know, that. And maybe a part of, part of that's me being, if not naive, just too hopeful that, you know, when he won money in the bank, I was hoping he'd, you know, be kind of quickly uh, reestablished as, a, as a, a rising player on SmackDown. Instead, he's been very much on the sidelines recently. So yeah, it's, it's bittersweet, I guess. I, I understand what you're saying there. And it is to some extent, but it's also like, you know what? 
I'm so used to the way WWE works, so it's not bittersweet for me. It's fair enough. And uh, it's, it's for me, it's, it's a fine line of trying to be hopeful, trying to be realistic, trying not to be uh, too jaded. It's a, it's a weird mixture of, of feelings and, and dynamics as a WWE fan there. Uh, speaking of, you know, in terms of knowing what to expect here as a WWE fan, the show closed with a contract signing Bianca Blair, Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title at SummerSlam. We all know how these things go. It's a contract signing. There's going to be shenanigans. Although this time it was took a bit of a weird direction. I guess your mileage will vary with this. They basically yeah. uh, no, Sasha Banks. I'll go weird. Sasha Banks said she needed witnesses for this contract signing, so she brings out uh, Carmella and Zelina Vega, the two women who have had issues with Belair recently. And you know, after they sign, after the you know Belair and Banks signed the contract, uh, Vega and Carmella helped Banks beat down Belair. Kind of seemingly, why? why? You know, I didn't. I didn't like. Why? Why would they? Why would Carmela and Vega go out there in the first place? Granted, they they have a bone to pick with Belair. It's so speaking. it's so weird to me, right? Like these women, and for that matter, I'll apply the same logic to Cena and Reigns. It's literally right there. Just focus on the parties involved. Had them cut scathing promos on one another, and they're the ones where you go, you know what? No, we need to do a song and dance here. Got to bring in Carmella and Zelina Vega, who literally got their asses handed to them by Sasha Banks last week, right. are now just like, yeah, we're here. We look good. Let's beat up Bianca for Sasha. And for me, I was watching it, and I I was trying to reason through it, and I I guess the the motive from a storytelling perspective it was like they're they're the the other top hills we got here so they that that's it you know the, you don't in a world where bailey's on the shelf on the injury the smackdown Women's division is very very light on depth otherwise if they wanted this direction of having the other heels kind of align with sasha banks here potentially to set up a tag team match next week this was probably the only real option they had I, and then I, and, that, I and then the, that next week the match is bianca shotzi and knox against these three and like that's fine but also why wouldn't why wouldn't the baby faces come and save the day now i'll say this for five seconds i thought oh wow they're gonna have bianca trash everybody and stand tall that would be cool and of course the numbers getting caught up and sasha did the bank statement with the hair using it against bianca love that touch i i don't know man it's like it's a hat on a hat it's bianca and sasha you got people who are always going to feel just in imagery alone that this is the most important match in women's history. I got Ryan Popola was like, I was just gonna, I was just gonna bring that up. This is the biggest rematch, (laughs) Sean and Taker. Okay, pal, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I'm gonna say he's wrong. Excuse me. Objective, ridiculous. Sure, it's subjective. There's been Rock and Cena had a rematch. I was just gonna say that. Like Like, I did, they had a rematch. You know, sure, pal, but whatever. It's it could be, it could be of that magnitude. The booking doesn't get there, but it doesn't matter anymore because everybody knows 
the match will drive it there, bring it everything it needs, and more, and drive it all the way back because they're that good in the ring. Yeah. And that's all people care about. And to an extent, I'm a little burned out on that mindset and that philosophy of, we'll just book it or whatever happens, happens. Because I got to sit here and watch five hours of main roster programming every single week. And it's like, it, they don't reward the viewer. In fact, I'd go so far as to say, sometimes the WWE main roster punishes the full-time viewer of its programming because you're constantly just saying, we're not going to announce it here, but we'll announce it on Twitter. I don't need to watch the program. I can just follow along on Twitter. You know, like I, I do, I do get annoyed with the booking practices of this company. Oh yeah. But you know, it's still Sasha. It's still Bianca. They're going to kill it at SummerSlam. No, they're not main eventing. Get over it. There's, <laughs> there's a bigger match here that needs to take the slot. I do love these women, but. What are you going to do? I still think Sasha should have won at Rolling Loud. I think you should have hot-shotted that rematch at Rolling Loud and then done an Ironman match here. But again, that is just my dream fantasy booking scenario. As we see far too often, you're just kind of saying, far too often, you know, the match self-delivers itself. And, you know, usually they kind of will have the, the destination be clear. And as fans and viewers, we can say, oh, like, here's a pretty easy way they can kind of get there and, and it'll be fun and interesting. And very, very often, WWE does something else instead, whether it's with Cena and Reigns throwing Finn Balor in there with this. Uh, this is exactly what, not exactly, but essentially what we saw back at WrestleMania, overcomplicating it, uh, making it way too like roundabout and not focusing on the fact that this is just two top stars and it's going to yeah. be a great match and a good story, making it way too um, complicated than it needs to be. And the dumb thing is, like, let's tell the truth here. All they're going to promote at the end of the day is we have two of the hottest women who also happen to be black women in a top featured match. Look at our diversity. So just tell that story going there. Like, why are you overcomplicating something when you know that's all you're going to care about explaining to your shareholders and all that shit anyway? It's like, just tell that story. Sasha is a bona fide star. Mandalorian uh, doing all the things. Bianca is everything you could ever want in a top baby face and more. Tell that story. Don't go, well... She's got to be a dastardly heel, and she's got to bring in Carmella and Selena Vega, who, by the way, she just beat up last week, but nobody cares because that was last week. This is this week. Just tell that story. Thankfully, one SummerSlam feud has avoided some of these pitfalls and overcomplications. Edge versus Seth Rollins remains a great build. I enjoy it a lot. We did not see Edge last night. Instead, we got a fake documentary from Seth Rollins, uh, kind of going directly off of Edge's claim that Rollins is Edge light. So basically, he was directly comparing their careers in this, you know, kind of uh, comparison video package. And I enjoyed this a lot. This is exactly what I wanted from the, the Sami Zayn documentary. This, you know, well-produced, you know, video, you know, kind of showing, the, in this case, showing the two careers and, you know, furthering the story. And, you know, I was reading just some, some thoughts about it online. And... 
I mean, for me, I am very biased. You know, I love Edge, and it's hard to really think that Rollins has had the better career, and that's what that's what he's asserting. It's like, okay, you, you can call me Edge Light, but actually, I've had the better career. And then if you stop and think about it, Rollins has won the Royal Rumble. Rollins has won Money in the Bank. Rollins has carried the company in, in some ways. Rollins has done essentially many, many of the things that Edge has done, and he's he's coming. He's done it better. And in some ways, it's hard to disagree in the sense that, you know, Rollins didn't have to retire uh, far too early. Rollins did not miss seven years, right? Or whatever it was. I, I think you could definitely say the uh, there is something to be said of the injury proneness yeah. of Edge, and that's always an easy target in promos like this. I, this is going to be one of those matches that undoubtedly will never hold up to what I want it to be because for me, this is the show. This is the show for me. And I I have waited years for this. I think the reason the booking here works is because it's Edge (laughs) and everything he does. you, you, You laugh, but really everything the man does has purpose. And a lot of people talk about, well, it's all about the story, right? Like CM Punk says, you know, I'll come back to wrestling if it's a fun story. Jericho, uh, yeah, I don't really care who my last match is against. I just care about the storyline. Like Edge exemplifies this to the best of his ability in every single promo he cuts and every single story he does. He, It's always going to be one thing. It's the title. This guy screwed me out of the title. He cut that promo on Brian. It's just Brian wasn't there to, you know, finish <laughs> it off. Like, right. this guy screwed me out of the title. We're going to fight now. And I didn't forget about seven years ago. Oh, and I didn't forget that I eliminated you from the Rumble last year and this year. Oh, and I didn't, because continuity back in Edge. And really, Edge was one of the people who was at the forefront of this when he was a main event star. Continuity matters. Yes. When he fought The Undertaker, and it was like he beat him up with the camera, he, you know, concertos, this, that. By the time Undertaker got him in the cell, he hit him with the camera, he threw him through table. Like he got everything out because continuity matters. And that's what's making this story for me. I want to see this match. I'd watch this match, whether it's first, second, last. I hope they get enough time. I hope they tell a fun story and I, perfect. This has been one of like the perfect roads to SummerSlam. Yes. On this card, especially a rare exception where the story has been done well, has been fun, has been good. And you can't help but hope or expect that the match will, will, will live up to it. And having the story kind of, you know, set up to succeed like that. Whereas these other matches we're talking about, it's the complete opposite. The story has not been good. But you know the match will be good, or you know the match will deliver anyway. This is the, the thankfully this is the the peak, right? Where the story and the match likely will be good. So this is what we like. This is you know this is what we want. This is what we want as fans. So because literally, Edge is a legend. He's in the yes. Hall of Fame, like Goldberg. You could easily do the match that you're doing with Goldberg, where you just go, ah, I'm gonna fight you. And people go, oh, he's going to fight him. And that's that's your story. They do that with Cena as well. But no, they're taking the time out to tell this story. And because of that, I am being asked here, who do I think wins, Edge or Seth? I think Edge has to win. 
There's a reason for this. They haven't given Edge a victory in front of people yet. They have not done this. He had the Royal Rumble in 2020, right. where he got down to the final three. He had money in the bank with Reigns. They haven't given Edge a victory in front of people yet, and he needs that. In fact, I think Edge is 50-50 in general since returning. So he needs that win. I think Rollins will be more than happy to do it. I think you do tell a fun story of what if he keeps going for the curb stomp and just doesn't hit it? So then eventually, if you continue his feed and he does curb stomp him, it's like, oh, well, shit, where are we going from here? Can I even do it? I like what they've done here. I love everything about it. I'm glad Edge has gotten these moments to be able to do this. I hope, again, I want the match to live up to some semblance of what I see in my mind, and they can do it if they don't rely too much on cheeky Rollins and laughing and the the drip and the suits. And I I get it, but like go in the ring and be Seth Rollins because this is going to be one of the most anticipated matches at this year's SummerSlam. Absolutely. So between this, you know, Rollins uh, and and this Edge video here, the Cena Rain stuff, that was a very, you know, very solid, fun, good episode of SmackDown. Liked it a lot. Robert, how would you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I would say it's a solid 8. Like, the Cena stuff, very memorable. The Bianca-Sasha stuff, while maybe not the direction I'd like, still Bianca and Sasha headlining a show. And again, as I have said... That is all the fans are going to care about. The girls closed the show. Look at the girls. They're kicking ass. They closed the show. So I think that connected. I think the Rollins and Edge stuff has connected. I think Nakamura winning is a big moment. Big moment in front of a live crowd. You know, love seeing those things. I said it from the onset. This is all about booking things so that you don't kill the crowd because everybody's still very hot coming out of COVID. And I might even argue at this point, maybe even more hot because we don't know if at any moment in time this could be taken away from us. Yeah. Like I keep making the crowds happy. I would agree. And thankfully, you know, the, again, the stuff we saw last night, definitely in that direction. You've got, you know, Cena and Reigns, you know, the crowd was there, was really hot for that. Uh, the, the the Rollins fit, promo on Edge, you're setting up a, a nice potential, you know, uh, moral victory, you know, kind of, you know, uh, a nice hero moment for Edge SummerSlam. Um, they're doing some things, at least trying to keep the crowd happy. You gave him an 8. Gavin Coombs an 8.5 saying can't knock it. I would go for an 8 as well. Not a perfect show, but it was a good show. And, you know, even stuff we didn't even talk about. The, the Street Profits winning a good tag team match, other other things as well. I thought it was fun. For me, the Cena Reigns thing really carried it. And I did, I did like that Rollins uh, promo slash, you know, fake documentary about Edge. So a good episode of SmackDown, much needed here. Uh, you know, on a build to SummerSlam where uh, it has not been the best, but, you know, SmackDown's still doing it pretty darn well. So definitely enjoying it and making it easy to do the one thing we do here at WrestleZone. That's enjoying wrestling. And that's what we do here pretty much every night of the week because there's always wrestling on. There's always something. Uh, with, with John Clark and I covering Raw and NXT on Mondays and Tuesdays. Robert, you and I are here now kind of settled in on Saturdays due to AW Rampage. Speaking of which, the Diamond Dudes of Attitude will be back here Saturday night to talk about AW Rampage. Uh, they were Marcus, there, or at least Dom was there. Dominic was there. 
So we'll be talking all about that. They talk all things AEW, and they also do WCW rewritten, talking on fun things, fantasy booking. Additionally, we've got a great stream of interviews. Counseling coming at you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed Paul White. He interviewed CM Punk. You've got to check it out. Canvas interview there. Uh, I interviewed Quinn McKay, Ring of Honor wrestler. I think that was what last week, talking about the Ring of Honor Women's Championship tournament. All these things and more. Uh, available on all of our audio platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may be. So, Robert, we're one week away from SummerSlam. we got one more week to go to get through it, and then uh, we'll be here to talk about that show as well next weekend. Uh, all we'll of be here on the morning of yes. SummerSlam. Yes. Probably August. just talking about CM Punk. We'll <laughs> see how that goes. Friday night's going to be fun, kids. Enjoy the show. Enjoy all things. Listen, next week, I can honestly say, feels like WrestleMania. Yeah. Next and, week, yeah, you've got Raw has Goldberg. Uh, Punk is kind of being teased for... Kind of. Excuse me. <laughs> Guys, uh, they're freaking advertising with a neon sign, Robert. Yeah, I mean, kind of, maybe, <laughs> potentially, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I... Just enjoy wrestling, guys. Like we say it every week, but next week's gonna be one of the weeks where you probably can more than others. SummerSlam will be fun. Rampage will be fun. It's it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. So, that it is. So just do the one thing you always do: sit back, relax, and enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.